travel, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. When we journey abroad, we discover new places and meet fascinating people, but we also gain perspective and take on a wider view of the world around us. That was Trevor Ranges, and I'm Scott Coates. After more than 25 years living and working in Asia, we've developed an amazing network of interesting characters throughout the region. Talk Travel Asia is our way of sharing them with you. Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. Welcome to episode 92, traveling in 2018 and the year ahead. And this is our first episode of 2019. Wow, what a year it's been. Exciting jobs in travel, vacations, trips for work, trips for pleasure, and trying to make the two intersect as much as possible. This past year, we've hit a number of spots on our two-visit list, but there's still many we want to go to. On this episode, we'll share some of our favorite trips of the last year, reflect on lessons learned, and ponder what's to come in 2019. From Bangkok, Thailand, this is Scott Coates, and with me as always is... Trevor Rangers. Happy New Year, Scott. Happy New Year, listeners. Happy New Year yeah, to you, and you are aware. Yeah, I'm in Phnom Penh, um, I believe. Mm. Actually, if it were New Year's today, I am in Kep. My friends got married yesterday. And uh, we're enjoying some okay. time down at the beach. But uh, yeah, what a, be- what a year it's been. Uh, we managed to record a couple episodes together. We got to do some travel together. And uh, so it's always fun mm-hmm. to recap on uh, at the end of the year, the beginning of the new year, and talk about like uh, some of our goals for travel for 2019, some of the trends we'd like to see occur or hope to see occur. Um, how you been? I've been great. And you know, we were trying to think what should be the first episode of the year. And I looked and last year we kind of did thinking about the year ahead. And yeah, it is fun to think about the past year. You know, I made it to two spots that I've wanted to go to for a long time, which was awesome. And even made it back to Canada, which I know is not in Asia, but we rode an RV, my wife and I, through British Columbia. And for work, I went to Laos, Cambodia, Indonesia, Vietnam, and even Phuket. So yeah, it's been an active uh, year. Yeah, you know, my year started uh, in Hawaii, and then we bounced back and forth a bit between Hawaii, Thailand, and Cambodia uh, before settling down here in Cambodia in April. Um, I've all been all over Cambodia this year, so that's been most of my travel. But I did make it to London for my first time ever, and while that's not in Asia, I reconnected with a lot of my uh, Asian friends, uh, including a friend from, from Myanmar who I hadn't seen in, in many years. So it was great to see him. Um, yeah, so I don't know, maybe not quite as much around the region as I normally do, but I saw a lot of Cambodia. I hadn't been here in quite a while, uh, really exploring, and, and the, the mm. trip to the UK was really cool. Yeah, we've both had active years and we got to other continents. Just before we go further, a big thanks to Hub Street Cocktails in Phnom Penh. They sponsored us in December to celebrate and promote uh, U.S. Food Week. And we actually made it there a couple times. Had some pretty passable potato puff poutines, which were cool. So thanks to uh, Dara and the gang over at Hub Street. Also remember, we are on Patreon. So please uh, sponsor. You can do $1 upwards. Thanks to people who sponsored in December. I'll single out Patrick, Austin, Phaedra, Stephanie, Peta, but we need more assistance. So Trevor, what is the first topic we're going to get into today? Um, well, I see that uh, we want to talk about our favorite guests and episodes from 2018. Mm. And, you know, I was looking back at the the website and the list of the episodes we did, and I, we actually had a lot of really cool guests and some good episodes. Uh, you know, I was surprised uh, that uh, we, we got 
quite diverse. You know, one of my favorites, I think, was the favorite watering holes, number two. Um, that was one of few mm-hmm. that we did together in person. And I remember when you brought up the topic, I was a little bit skeptical, uh, you know, but because since we, we both don't go out quite as much as we used to, perhaps. But, uh, you know, we put together a pretty impressive collection of bars around Asia uh, on that episode. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, we did. And I believe we enjoyed a good beer while designing it. We did it in your apartment in Phnom Penh. And yeah, there's great tips. And another one that we did great tips on, it was uh, episode 86, Asia's Best Meals. It was something my wife and I got talking while having duck noodles um, in Bangkok. at, uh, And we thought about all our fun meals in Asia and then pitched it to you. And I think like Pakistani food at Pakputra in Malacca, Malaysia, and Sekyun for duck in Malaysia as well. There was so many others. and But like, that's a great one. And uh, yeah, go to our show notes on that. We'll provide links to all those episodes. Like you could drink and eat for months in Asia just on those two. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, mm. Yeah, one other fun thing we did was the crossover episode with Ed and Greg from Bangkok Podcast. Uh, so I thought that was kind of fun to, to mix it up with those guys since uh, we're, we're good Super friends cool. with both yeah. of them and uh, Bangkok Podcast is great. So it was kind of fun to do that. Maybe we could try to do something like that again this year. Yeah, it was big fun. I'd like to get all four of us somehow and see if that could work for one. Yeah, maybe sometime in Bangkok. Hmm. And you know what? I mean, this was sort of driven by you. You're a bigger expert than I am, but I liked episode 80, Almost Asia, Hawaii for first time visitors. Yeah. Yeah. I'm game for doing a Hawaii follow up episode this year. Um, that would be great if we could do that one in per- person. I don't know if we can bring uh, <laughs> Ed and Greg with us, but uh, I'll be in Hawaii sometime this year and, and it'd be great to do one live from there. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it to Hawaii because I'm actually going to Armenia, Georgia, and Azerbaijan with my dad. So that's kind of the the big trip. But Hawaii, man, I accept your challenge. I would love to do another episode, and it would be great if we could do it there. How about uh, just uh, best trips that you took in 2018? One of the best ones, and you know what? In a weird way, one of the best trips in years was uh, Sipandon, or 4,000 Islands, in southern Laos. So if you follow the Mekong River to right before it hits Cambodia, um, as the name suggests, there's 4,000 little islands in the Mekong. We talked about this on episode 85. Going there, and uh, also the Khmer Temple of Vat Pu in Laos, that trip I was alone for three nights, and it was awesome. Like, Thais recognized enough in Laos that, you know, I could get around and order stuff. Um, I had a sweet driver take me around. I stayed in some cool, like an old French colonial house on this little island. And I was reading a book about the Mekong Exploration Company. And I think it was 1866 to 68. And as they were describing trying to go up the Mekong in these areas I was in, it was really, really cool. And Wat Pu was great, like all around. Definitely want to go back there. It was a good one. Yeah, Wat Pu is is beautiful. I just spent, uh, I was just down on the Mekong a few days ago. So, uh, Mm. Yeah, it's really nice. I, I just came back from my second trip this year to the eastern Cambodian provinces of Mondulkiri and Ratnakiri. And uh, I first went to those provinces 10 years ago when I was writing my book. And uh, there was no tourists in, in Mondulkiri at all. Ratnakiri, there was probably a, a couple on that first trip. Mm-hmm. And I've been back a few years ago. You know, I went back seven years ago. I went back probably like five years ago. And just now, like, it's really like the roads that connecting the two provinces makes visiting those areas uh, just so much easier. And, and it's just such beautiful countryside and uh, such a fascinating place. So my, my two trips to Mondulkiri and Ratnakiri this year mm. um, were very high up on my list because those are some of my favorite places. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. How many travelers are out there now? Still few? No, I mean, there's not a lot of hotels, right? So let's mm-hmm. say there's, you know, 
no more than like 10 places to stay, but they're all getting pretty filled up now. You know, it's, it's okay. getting quite popular again, just because it's so easy to get up there. So, you know, I encourage people to, to go to that part of Cambodia now, just because it's, uh, it's really hot. Yeah. And this is, man, this is inadvertently a very Cambodia heavy episode because the other one that's on both our list was that we finally got to Preakan Kampong Savai, which is, um, I think what would have been the biggest Khmer temple complex back in the day. Um, it was a long drive, it took us almost seven hours to get there from Phnom Penh. It's about in the center of the country. It would have originally had a moat around it that is five kilometers on each side. But man, we talked about it for years and years and, and we finally got there with our friend Harold on motorbikes. Yeah, we finally made that trip uh, 10 years overdue from when I first planned to do it. So I'm glad mm. we finally made it out there. And it's just, it, the, the temple's so interesting, right? It's so different and fascinating and remote. And uh, and we didn't get to spend as much time there as, as we would have liked to have because we had to drive the bikes to, to this place that we stayed at Beatree that was quite an adventure getting out there huh yeah um, getting just from the temple to like what was supposed to be a quick drive was like an hour and we had to like drive down some steep embankments through like streams that were tall enough that they were stalling the bikes yeah there was and, a like, stream that was like way steep and we had to go over we had to drive the bikes over like three interconnected swinging bridges or something like that it all happened so fast I don't even know what it looked like it was it was a, a nutty drive there but yeah, it was a bit of a shame to have to be rushed. And um, it would be, you need two full days, right? It's a big one. But hey, man, we got there. Um, I think I've seen all the major, major Khmer monuments now. That was an awesome trip. Yeah, you know, uh, I love enjoying Cambodia. I mean, that's my job now again. Um, so, you know, I went to Prekhan and I went to Bante Chamar. I went to Priyavihir. I went to like so many of the, the great temples of Cambodia this year. But I think one of my most fun things was hosting my family uh, you know, when you see it through other people's eyes, uh, it was my husband. That's my fun. Sister, my sister Fader came out and her husband Corey, and it was his first mm -hmm. time there. So you know, like taking people to Angkor for the for their first time um, is is always kind of fun. So that was great. And then my dad came out for my birthday, and and we didn't do anything. We had adjoining pool villas at the Shintamani Angkor, and we just that was rough. Of, yeah, we had, we hosted people and had like pool parties every day, and. Uh, I don't know. That was a great trip too. I didn't. It was just staycation. Sometimes a staycation is a good one. Yeah, that, that was a great one. That's really good. You know, you, you without diverting too much, you you mentioned something that I used to enjoy when I was more formally in the travel business, like hosting people on trips. Was it is fun to see the joy and the interest in someone else's eyes somewhere you've been a lot of times. So that was cool. Um, the next topic we have here is best travel surprises in 2018. What's some one of yours, Trevor? Yeah, you know, this is kind of surprising to see this as a topic. I was like, oh, I wonder what the surprise was, you know? And uh, again, since most of my travel was in Cambodia this year, my surprise was Sihanoukville, you know? Like a lot of Cambodia is- Where is that for people that don't know? Sihanoukville is the, the coastal province in southwestern Cambodia, uh, where there's some beautiful islands. That, once again, I visited for the first time 10 years. I brought my parents there seven or eight years ago. Uh, mm -hmm. We talked about doing a beach resort. You and I talked about doing a beach resort That's there. Right. Um, sure did. You know, the islands are still way less developed than the developers hoped they would be. Because I remember 10 years ago, they showed me plans for the for the airport and the marina and the golf right. course and everything on Koh Rong, which is with the, yeah. the big island off Sienna Field. And that hasn't really happened. So that's like a pleasant surprise. But uh, meanwhile, on the mainland, uh, there's been a lot of Chinese investment and there's lots of Chinese development, all these big high-rise kind of casino properties that are... 
I don't know, the development itself is, is kind of unsightly, but that's happening so fast that that was a bit shocking. So it's interesting that Scenicville, like mainland is surprisingly developing rapidly and the islands are surprisingly developing slowly, which is good for those people. Yeah. You've piqued my interest to get back down there. It's been a while for me. You know, my best travel surprise is, is one I just mentioned, and that was that trip to, to Sea Pandon, you know. And I kind of, I've been to Lao many times. I was expecting to like it. I was expecting to like Wat Pu. But everything about being down there was incredible. There's an old French railway they built to move boats up and over the rapids across a little island down there. And again, reading the book about it at the same time I was there and it was still relatively sleepy. And I did a couple of rides around some larger islands on like rickety village bikes. And it, it was just like, man, it was just, it was somewhere I felt like should have felt familiar, but it was, it was so fun and so interesting. And yeah, it really exceeded expectations. So that was a bit of a surprise and a treat. Yeah. I love Southern Laos. I, we went to Wat Pu a couple of years ago and, uh, and again, just the Mekong is a beautiful river and the communities that live along it in, in both uh, Laos and, uh, Cambodia, always a great experience. Okay. Um, how about things you, you learned? Did you learn anything? Again, like uh, travel can be very enlightening. Obviously, you're reading books while you're traveling, mm. which is a great idea. I read uh, a lot of history when I travel as well. Uh, what are some things that you learned uh, in this? this well, one was about the Mekong Exploration Company, which is pretty neat. But, you know, another one, and we did an episode on it, is just really how crowded areas are getting, you know. And, and with a rapidly growing middle class, especially in Asia, um, yeah, places are, are becoming crowded. And you go to like, I went to Hoi An for the first time in 23, 24 years. And it's Pakimoto, like even Bangkok, like it's a busy city with lots of visitors. Um, Chinese signs even in southern Laos. And I've even noticed a lot of them in Phnom Penh. So it's like, it's it's a topical issue, but also it's, it's really becoming a thing now. I think if you're a certain kind of traveler that doesn't want crowds, you're going to have to really rethink some of the sites, even places like Kyoto we talked about on that episode, like... Yeah, in a way, it's good because it challenges people to maybe not just go to the obvious sites, but it, it definitely hit my radar hard this year. Um, yeah, I think that's true. And, and I think there's two reasons for that. Uh, obviously, there's so many more Chinese travelers as the Chinese economy has grown, like that gives them the availability to travel overseas. And they're coming to Southeast Asia, particularly, but they're traveling all over Asia and the world. Mm. So like Chinese travelers and uh, more plastic pollution seem to be things we're going to have to get used to for a while. But I also noticed lots of younger Westerners here in, in Asia. Mm. Um, you know, after 2008, and the financial crisis, I noticed that Lots of young Westerners jumped ship for greener pastures here in Asia because, you know, it's still kind of a growing, booming economy. Um, okay. But I noticed a lot more in Cambodia, especially this year. You know, the expat population here, here seems to have really grown. Uh, that Russian market, Tultumpung area where we live. In Phnom Penh. Yeah, seven years ago when I lived down there, there weren't really mm -hmm. any other foreigners. And now it's just total hipsterville, you know. So it seems like, uh, you know, and it makes sense from an economic standpoint. There just are a lot of opportunities here. So I think more young uh, Westerners have really moved here to Asia, more so than even in the past, you know, certainly when we first moved here. So that's uh, that's been interesting. And, and then they invariably get involved in the tourism scene, you know, doing social enterprises uh, or starting food tours, uh, just in all sorts of facets. You see uh, a lot more Chinese people, but a lot more white people, too. Yeah, Phnom Penh is definitely a city on the move, as are Ho Chi Minh and a lot of other places. And this kind of really segues into what we've categorized as best travel trend development uh, last year. And, you know, you put this one down, but yeah, I'm on the same boat. So what do you think was the big trend of last year in travel? 
Yeah. Well, you know, in 2017, that was the year I decided to quit using plastic products, remember? And, mm -hmm. uh, and even then you, you told me it was kind of crazy, you know, like it was, it was, it hadn't quite happened. And then in 2018, it really blew up like this whole anti-plastic movement. And, uh, you know, I think in general, like, you know, I've always been an advocate for responsible travel or sustainable travel, but, you know, we had a number of episodes that were about that. You know, we had Shannon Stowell on about travel responsibly in episode yeah. 83, episode right. 86, we did about travel light and responsible episode 79. We had the guys from refill, not landfill, which is refill yeah. water bottles. So I think like 2018 was really the year that travel sustainability and responsibility went mainstream. Yeah. And that was unintentional. Like we didn't set out to have a number of episodes that were about responsible travel or sustainability at all. It just happened. And I agree. I think it's because also this over tourism factor, like I think there's so many numbers now people are kind of realizing that, oh God, like we've really got to think about many areas of our impact beyond that. And, you know, I'm always carrying like a, a camelback bite type bottle. I have one like in my house, I have one at my office, I take them on the road. So I've really loved that more and more hotels and restaurants have just a source to fill your water, right? Like I've become really conscious, like even a regular half liter water bottle from 7-Eleven, I'll now use them again and again and again if I buy one. So yeah, I think sustainability, trying to have a lower impact and, and plastic reduction, I agree. That's the big one. And it's got to be the big issue for the coming probably decade at least, right? Like if we don't turn things around, it's going to be a mess. I was just uh, cycling in Bangkok this morning. We crossed the Chao Phraya River and there's so much plastic waste in the river. It's just sort of like, whoa, like yeah, that's yeah. a big one, I think. So, yeah, Trevor, it's going to get better before it gets worse. So, uh, it's good to see that trend continue. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you think was the worst thing to happen in travel in Asia in 2018? Um, you know, when I saw that question, I was like, ah, you know, and I think I'm going to go out on a limb here mm -hmm. and, and go with the travel boycott in Myanmar. Um, hmm. we, we did an episode about Myanmar this year and we agreed not to get political on it. Uh, but, you know, I haven't been to Myanmar since 2001 or two uh, when we weren't supposed to go there then either. And I mm -hmm. walked away thinking that, like, I thought that, you know, my traveling to, to Myanmar had a better benefit to the people that I interacted with and who got my tourism revenue than the small amount of money that the government got for, for a visa. So, you know, I know that there's a lot of everyday people in Myanmar who rely on tourism and they're suffering because of this boycott. Um, so I had thought then, and I kind of feel now that people probably should consider traveling there um, just because I, I think it's a, uh, it, it'll help the people. It's a tough one. You know, I, I took my parents and my wife there in December, 2017, and I'd kind of paid for everything already. And honestly, like, I didn't feel terribly comfortable going. I probably would have canceled my trip if it all hadn't been paid for. Then again, I think about it now, like it's not like my dollars are going to supporting what's happening to the Rohingya people. Average everyday people have nothing to do with that. So I guess why boycott an entire country, right? But tourism numbers from Western tourists are down 40 to 50% in Minma with no sight of improvement next year. So I agree. Yeah. It's a tough one. It's, it's a and real tough call. If you're worried about over tourism, like the number of visitors is down 50%. Yeah. You know? It's a, a great reason to be there. And again, the average person has nothing to do with what's going on there. So yeah, I totally agree on sort of the um, lighter end of the spectrum. 
I, I've noted the continued disappearance of true street food in Bangkok and the gentrification of the city. Like, in some ways, it's nice to have, you know, nicer sidewalks to work on or walk on. But we're losing, I think, a lot of the things that make Bangkok a magical place. And, I mean... It, it, Bangkok is like the number one city on this tourism list and that one and one of the most visited cities on earth. But if they keep like closing the old noodle stand on the sidewalk and tidying up the city too much and putting up coffee shops from chains and building malls, like another five to 10 years and it's just going to be the same stuff you can find anywhere in the world. I really worry about Bangkok losing its, what makes it uniquely cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, this is a harder one for me to get political on, but uh, there's an argument for a boycott here. Um, and, in and Cambodia? Just, no, in, in Thailand, man. For people who are politically knowledgeable, uh, and, mm. and th these actions aren't being done just uh, because everybody decided, hey, let's uh, collectively make a decision to stop allowing street food to be sold, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it, that's not exactly how it works there. I. I mean, without going too far down the rabbit hole, I think one of the larger kind of convenience store chains plays a role. There's some powers that want to sell ready-made foods, and but we probably shouldn't go down that too far. <laughs> so, hey, let's go happy here. Trevor, what are some places you want to uh, visit in 2019? Um, you know, that was that's always a tricky question because I find it hard to to plan my life, you know, so many unexpected things happen, you know? So like in 2017, we were supposed to go to Mauritius. Mm -hmm. um, my, my friend, Mike Maurer, he's there with his family right now. It looks awesome. I'd love mm -hmm. to go back there again, but uh, you know, there was Air Asia then and they, they scuttled their, uh, their route. So we couldn't take right. it. I need to get some surf, man. Uh, Bali is, <laughs> I guess the easiest win. I need to get yeah. the water. I need to catch some waves. Uh, that'll probably happen in Hawaii though. I don't know that I'll make it back to Bali. Sweet. So, God, I don't know, you know, like I'm obviously going to spend a lot of time exploring Cambodia and, and coming back to Thailand from time to time to get my Thai food fixed. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, some sort of surf trip uh, somewhere in Asia would be cool. Maybe Philippines. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Um, either way, tough life. Eh? You got to figure out where to surf. Boo hoo hoo. Um, Look, I'm going to get to an island that you've recommended many times. And it's kind of like I wanted to go to 4,000 Islands for a decade because a number of people that are definitely in the know about travel told me about it. And the last decade, people are saying Kot Payam, Kot Payam, an island on the uh, west side, kind of midway between Bangkok and Phuket uh, off the coast of Thailand. Kot Payam. I'm going to get there, man. I'm going to hit that beach. But you need probably five days at least to make it worthwhile. But I'm going to get to Kot Payam and finally see that island. I think you could do it less, man. I well, first of all, before I explain to people how easy it is to get there, I'm considering paying Kevin, our editor, just to bleep, bleep this entire part out. Because, uh, you know, there's some yeah. places that, like, yet yeah, boycott Kopayami shouldn't go there. The people are horrible, you know? <laughs> Terrible. Like, just, yeah, it's a horrible place uh, covered with plastic. Um, no, yeah, Kopayam is, is beautiful. You can fly Nok Air from Bangkok to Ranong, mm. and then you just get, like, a Song Tao from the airport to the pier. It's like... 15 minutes like you're on the it's really easy to get to and it's awesome it's beautiful but the point is you're looking at least a half day each way right at least probably the yeah, better part of a day so you don't want to go for two nights like well, you kind of want to go it's horrible yeah it shouldn't go. don't bother <laughs> going there so yeah. how about you uh, i see you're looking at something opposite from the beach yeah, I mean, again, we spend a lot of our time at the beach just because I'm kind of a beach guy. But uh, I haven't seen snow in around 20 years. When I was in London, it was like one degree Celsius, but it didn't snow. 
Um, Banksy's never seen snow, not snow, like falling, right? So, you know, maybe if there's some cheap seats to Japan somehow, mm. you know, they have sales on those sometime. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can uh, make a little spontaneous trip to Japan, uh, give her some skiing lessons. Or Skiing you know, in Japan is high on my list. You know what? I'd love to go skiing with you guys there. We were supposed to go, my wife and I, right now this month, and it didn't work out. So I'd be up for that one. Cool. Well, let's see what happens. And the other one I'm going to do this year is... I've spent some time on the Mekong River in various countries, but I've never been from Ho Chi Minh City up to Phnom Penh. So I'm going to do that, hopefully, maybe about December of 2019, if my parents come. And I'd really like, although I don't think there's just a boat you can take, but to kind of then go from Phnom Penh north along the Mekong, back up to the border with Laos and uh, 4,000 Islands again. I could obviously help you put that together. I actually took a it was like four night, five day river cruise from Ho Chi Minh City to Phnom Penh mm. this year, and uh, and I've covered most of the Mekong from uh, from Phnom Penh up to Laos. So uh, yeah, I could help you put that together. That sounds like a great trip. I ex- I accept your your generosity <laughs> there. So uh, Trevor, what do you think of trends to be aware of in the coming year? Um, I you know as I mentioned, the trend for 2018 was like sustainability and responsibility. Um, you know, when I did work with National Geographic, that was always a focus for me. Um, I don't see it changing in the near future. I think uh, in 2019, you're going to have a lot more opportunities to refill your water bottle or to, you know, get on a tour. You know, one thing is travel technology as well. Obviously, there's so many different ways for, for people to book experiences. I even found out that like Airbnb has like Airbnb experiences now, right? And mm-hmm. you can get a local teach you how to do things. And I think a lot of that when you're getting you know, local insight or you're getting assistance from people who live there. I think a lot more of the focus is going to be on being sustainable, on being responsible, on getting off the beaten path, you know? Um, and, yeah. and I think that's going to be great. Yeah. I, I hate to keep beating this subject to death, but I think over tourism is going to continue to be, but I think the good way we can go about it is I understand you go to a new country, like thinking Japan, Oh, you got to go to Kyoto, but maybe to avoid the over tourism, we've mentioned a couple spots that aren't busy is people starting to have the courage to actually just pick some other smaller towns or smaller places that they their friends haven't heard of and go there instead of the major ones, right? I want to try and do that. But I also, while I love my phone and I think like Google Maps and the, the ability to learn stuff while you're on the road is awesome. I've started to already, but I'm going to continue to challenge myself and others is to not look at the phone so much. Like, yeah, use it. But then other times like sit and have a beer and, and look at the sunset or the river or sit in a cafe and, and smile at other people and don't stare at your phone. Like just kind of be in the now a bit more. Yeah. You know, that's a good one. Again, like since, you know, a lot of my early exploration here in Cambodia was before smartphones and before Google maps. And there's such a game changer. Right. But you're right. At the same Mm -hmm. time, like they, they did some research like, and, and with museums and how people experience museums, they started letting people bring phones into museums to take pictures and stuff like that, you know? Um, but like, the experience that people have trying to frame things, looking through it, trying to capture images is different than, you know, you're missing the the forest for the trees, if you will, because you're so focused on what you're trying to take a picture of that you don't notice like the birds singing around you or something like that. So I think unplugging uh, would be a good trend uh, to see happen. Yeah, the, that'd be a, a really good one, I hope, man. So uh, let's wrap this episode up by talking about episodes we hope to do in 2019. For the listeners, we have not mapped out the coming year. Uh, 
Um, but what are some episodes? Oh, we do have one ready. What is it, Trevor? What's the next yeah. one? Well, the next one's the uh, Irrawaddy Dolphins in Myanmar. I think we're going to, I thought it was going to be Myanmar, Laos, and Cambodia. Because, you know, I, I just saw, we are. I saw a dozen or more Irrawaddy Dolphins up in Krache, north of Campi, or in Campi, mm-hmm. north of Krache, um, yeah. here in Cambodia just a week ago. So that's going to be a cool episode to talk about. Uh, you know, and then I'd also like to get some of our older guests back on. Uh, our friend Jeff, who was the Travel to North Korea episode, mm. uh, he was out trekking in Kazakhstan. And that's a cool region of Asia that we haven't discussed. And then John and Kathleen, who were skiing in Iran, they went back to do some hiking and camping. So like uh, John and Kathleen's follow up episode in Iran would be super cool. So those I think are easy wins for 2019 that I think they would be really interesting. Yeah, for me, um, I want to do something about traveling overland through Central Asia. I, uh, while planning the upcoming trip with my dad, we almost went through some of the stands, right? And uh, it just looks fascinating. I don't know much about it. So I'd like uh, to find somebody that's like a real expert on it or has traveled through the region in an interesting way and do that. And then uh, maybe something about snow sports in Asia. I mean, it could even just be about skiing in Japan, but I think something snow sport in Asia somewhere. I'm not sure what, where, but snow. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, and with the stands, like I was saying, like, you sh- we should definitely talk to Jeff, or you should talk to Jeff to brainstorm that, because I mm. got a few messages from him over the years, like, asking me if, like, is, is Uyghur the name of the province where the Uyghurs are? Or, or is mm. that, like, some part of China where, like, the Uyghurs are from? Jeff asked me if I wanted to go with him there this year. He's, he's thrown out a couple of those, and he went on a couple of those trips, so he knows that region pretty well. Another area that we never talk about, which is huge, is India. We really need to try and get yeah. someone to talk about India on the episode because uh, I mean I've never been so I don't really have anything to say on it but it's obviously one of the most fascinating places in the world and you know there could be like a talk India travel podcast I imagine yeah I think that could be a good one okay so actually one surprise last thing what's your travel resolution for 2019 we should it's New Year's Day and it's a new year and we should come up with travel resolutions you know uh I used to make crazy resolutions and then I made practical resolutions and mm-hmm. uh, I don't even remember what this year's was. I know last year my resolution was to, to cut in lines more often um, <laughs> and not, not to be like a jerk, but like in Asia, like it's like the Chinese aren't so good at, at keeping cues and even the Thai people like to just cut in front of you if you're not like paying attention and, you know, and, and so I didn't want to like cut intentionally like that, but I just, decided to become more Asian with my cue cutting and just kind of, you know, like take advantage when you can, when it would seem like other Asian people would do that too. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Uh, mine, this was pretty spontaneous, but it's to talk to more people. I think, you know, oh, I, that's for, for this coming year. Yeah. This coming year. I'm, you know, I, I don't think I, I can't remember what mine was last year, but yeah, I, I think this coming year I'm going to try and talk to more people is I'm often like I enjoy kind of being quiet or being alone or I'm just going to talk to more people, man. I'm going to get to know more travelers, more locals and just talk to more people. Huh. I wonder what I should do then. Like, is that, you know, I just put this down. I, I wrote this down while we were recording. I thought that would be like a cool thing to do. I might actually need some more time to, to think of my resolution. Yours is obviously a good one, but I'm, I'm pretty good at just chatting up people all the time. I remember last year you one are. of my things was to learn more things about my friends. Remember that was one of last year's as well. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I wanted yeah. to like have lunch with uh, some of my old friends and ask them. So maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe try to reconnect with people who I've lost touch with across the region. Maybe I'll make 
reconnecting with some people, part of my travel plans. You know, I have friends in, in Hong Kong and Taiwan, other places that I, uh, we haven't talked about much on the show. Maybe I'll go and visit some friends around the region as a, as a travel resolution. Cool. That was a good one. Well, man, it's, it is fun to look at back at what we've covered on the podcast in the last year, but also just think about our personal travels, right? And man, we are lucky. Like you think of all the places and experiences you and I've had this year and we love sharing them with all of you. So thank you to everybody that listens. And one more time, you know, we need some financial support. Trevor and I do this out of our own pocket. So please look on our homepage of Talk Travel Asia or go to Patreon and you will find a page or a button you can sponsor for as little as a dollar, but we'd sure love a bit more than that once a month to help us keep this going. So Trevor, uh, to the next year ahead, let's have a great year traveling. I'm going to have the final sip of my beer here. And why don't you take us out? Wow, you're drinking again already? It's already the first day of the year, man. I'm on it. <laughs> Start with a bang. Yeah, so Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, if you could donate, that would be great. Scott and I were like, let's just make it to 100 and see what happens. And I think we've gained a lot of momentum. I think we've kind of renewed our love for for the show and trying to have interesting guests on because uh, it is fun. It is interesting and, and we hope you enjoy it. So uh, I hope your travel resolutions are to come and, and visit us, listen to the show more often and uh, have a great year. Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. Hey, Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall in Cortana?